21 of Femlock. I'm your host, Katie Davey, and today we've got an exciting announcement. But first, I chat with SOAP Media founder Phaedra de St. Rome about making political media accessible leading up to the 2019 federal election. I have to say, there are a few things I enjoy more than chatting politics with a kick ass young woman. Hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Phaedra, I'm really excited to chat with you today and talk a little bit more about this new exciting thing that we're going to be doing. Uh, but first, I would love if you would actually tell us about So What Media. So as the name suggests, um, So What Media aims to answer the question of so what that a lot of people are left asking themselves. I started it last fall after the results of the Quebec elections, which, as you may or may not know, were historic in the sense that for the first time in our province's history, um, the government wasn't won by conservatives or liberals. Um, and I was realizing that in my conversations that I was having with peers and even you know, colleagues and parents and whoever, um, that it wasn't that people didn't want to know what was going on, um, but I think political media in Canada is just very dry and outdated in many ways um, and just inaccessible. Um, and so I started So What as a blog answering the question of so what where it was very just conversational in format i would introduce the topic so you know populism for example have it be kind of a q a type breakdown of the topic and then at the bottom i would answer the question of so what and it's been great having it in that kind of format i think just because a um, it breaks down the jargon that's often used um, to talk about these kinds of things, especially in uh, political media, but then also addresses the issue of not knowing what the context is. And I think the two issues of um, jargon and assuming people understand the context are why a lot of people have a hard time engaging uh, with politics and political media in Canada, just because there are a lot of assumptions made about um, an audience's understanding about those two things. So yeah, that's so what. That resonates with me so much on so many levels. Um, and for us at Femlonk, it was a very similar-ish, I guess, inception story in the sense that I was really frustrated that I would pick up, I say pick up the newspaper, let's be honest. <laughs> I don't pick up the newspaper, but I would be online, <laughs> um, you know, reading through the news or whatever. Um, and some of the things that I really deeply cared about, including things related to gender equality and social issues, really were not being covered in mainstream media. Um, and I think what I've learned through the last six or so months is not necessarily that the media, particularly in New Brunswick, was trying not to cover these issues, but rather, you know, in New Brunswick, the press gallery was almost entirely men, and they just honestly, it wasn't their context, it wasn't their lived experience, and they weren't really interested in, in learning more and, and covering those types of issues. But that made me realize, too, that that probably means that the average citizen also isn't and doesn't have that context or, again, like the jargon and can't really engage meaningfully in a dialogue because they just don't have access to that information in a way that makes sense to them. So that's something I've been really working on is, is making content a bit more accessible and recognizing that you know, not everybody spends the same amount of time in my brain as I do thinking about <laughs> some of these issues, right? So um, I think that's so important. And you mentioned the historic election in Quebec, but 
we're also seeing these historic elections across the country, right? In New Brunswick, first minority government in 100 years, uh, PEI just recently, first minority. Uh, of course, we saw Alberta, which, I mean, wasn't necessarily historic, but some interesting things happened out there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so thinking about all of that leading up to the federal election, why is making content and making news more accessible to Canadians so important? You made me think of something. I think it's also just kind of as a result of the nature of our beautiful confederation, um, but just the, in the, the way in which power is divided and how as a result of that, we kind of, especially in Quebec, but you know, the same holds true across the country. We're limited, I think, by the borders of our provinces when it comes to uh, current affairs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you may know what's happening to some extent at the federal level, but I think it's pretty rare for somebody you know, in Ontario to know what's happening in Saskatchewan, sorry, or, you know, Quebec about Atlantic Canada. Um, And I think heading into the election, it's important to just be aware of, you know, like we said, these historic um, elections that have been happening um, over the past little while in almost every single province, um, how that might influence things at the federal level. But one of the reasons I also started So What was just because I realized, and I mean the same holds true for me um, in many ways, but a lot of Canadians are more familiar with what's happening in U.S. politics Mm -hmm. than they are about um, what's happening in Canadian politics. And I think there is a variety of reasons for that. Obviously, what's happening um, just south of us is a bit nuts. Um, But I think also we're so used to, or we just consume so much, Um, American pop culture and in the US the line is a bit more blurry between politics and pop culture I think here the two are very distinct Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of peers that I've spoken to are like oh like politics are my dad's thing (laughs) you know it's a very just kind of like dry small Mm -hmm. thing that happens that I think a lot of people also don't realize has such a huge bearing on um, everybody's lives um, in Canada and so Heading into the federal election, I think it's just important to realize that the kinds of things that have been happening in places like the United States um, with respect to the far right, um, with respect to reproductive rights, with respect to climate action, you know, that's all happening here too. You know, we have to be engaged and involved because it's easy for us to, you know, look down on what's happening on the U.S. and saying, oh, those Americans. But if you're not in the know about what's happening here and you're not engaging um, in a productive way to make sure those things don't progress um, in the same ways as they're doing elsewhere, you know, we're not much better. Totally. You bring up some really good points. The first, I think, talking about, I don't know exactly how to frame this, but I actually had a conversation this weekend with a person who follows a little bit differently on the ideological spectrum as I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and we talked about the, you know, he, he basically made the argument like, oh, would it be so bad if, it, very identical argument to people being like, oh, Trump can't change that much, or oh, Doug Ford can't change that much, and Jason Kenney can't change that much, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then immediately what we've seen by these governments is the rollback of exactly like you said, the rollback of you know, in the U.S., reproductive healthcare, the rollback of um, climate action, the rollback of 
things in the U.S., particularly relating to um, immigration and inclusive communities, the attack on LGBTQ rights. And, you know, four or I guess three years ago in the U.S. case, um, three years ago, you had the media and and pundits and pop culture folks even talking about how, you know, oh, he can't really change that much. And when I think about the Canadian context, back to what you were talking about, about how the province is, you know, our country is so big and, you know, yeah, I, I don't necessarily know the nuances of what's going on in British Columbia politics, mm-hmm. for example. But the reality is what happened in the U.S. was that lots of far-right folks were empowered to live their truest self. Um, <laughs> and whether that's at you know state legislatures mm-hmm. um, or even just people in the community. And so although... In this case, you know, Trump is not necessarily rolling back abortion access. He has empowered the states to be able to. And I think about that example, even when we talk about reproductive health care in Canada, could be very identical with more of a far-right narrative at our federal level. What could very easily happen is our provinces and the leaders in our provinces, which now are almost entirely conservative, Um, and men, they're all men, um, could feel empowered to roll back some of these things that we fought really hard for. And it doesn't have to be changing the Constitution, right? Like, again, we talked about abortion access. I keep coming back to that because it's a perfect example. Um, Just because it's not illegal in Canada doesn't mean it's accessible in Canada. Um, And, you know, again, in the Atlantic region, coming up behind on a lot of these things, why wouldn't, for example a premier decide not to fund the abortion pill or to not um, include access in rural areas, for example. So it doesn't mean the laws change. It just means that the folks in local communities and local governments are now more empowered to do things that many Canadians wouldn't necessarily agree with and particularly, you know, young women like us. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a really important thing to think about as we move through the next, what is it, 130 days, 125 yep. days? But who's counting? <laughs> Not me, obviously. <laughs> no, yeah, and both of us keep on touching on, you know, the far right and all that, but um, there was a New York Times, I think it was their cover page, actually, a couple of days ago, where they um, had a collage of who all, you know, the big players are on the far right, and 40% of those people are Canadian. Wow. You know? yeah. So if somebody tweeted this fact and said, you know, the border in that sense is very porous. <laughs> you know, like ideas and the way people are galvanizing around these issues and stuff and the way politicians are seeing people galvanize around these issues and, you know, try to capitalize on that and exploit that for their own um, electoral gains, that doesn't stop at the border. Yeah. You know, that happens. Totally. And honestly, I think just as we saw after Obama's successful runs, we saw, you know, left of center parties really mobilize around what worked for him. I think exactly what you said, we're seeing right leaning parties mobilize around what has worked for Trump. And unfortunately, what has worked for Trump is misinformation, uh, fear, divisiveness. Um, and, And yeah, I think you're totally right. We're seeing that whether it's in our media in Canada or whether it's at the political level. And 
yeah, it makes me really nervous about the next few months for mm-hmm. sure. I think maybe, you know, so as to not just totally freak out the audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> hope. Totally <laughs> so there is hope. Um, you know, you touched on misinformation, um, especially, and I think, you know, we used to say, like, you know, voting is the bare minimum to what mm-hmm. you can do, but I think, you know, there's an added step um, to that these days, but it's easy because we all have, you know, smartphones and whatever. Yeah. It's to inform yourselves um, and inform ourselves on uh, these issues and just know how and where to source reliable information. Um, I think that's a key component to voting, and I think that's an easy way. Every single person can be involved in this fight against um like not only misinformation, but active disinformation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by extension, you know, make informed uh, decisions at the polling booth. Yeah, absolutely. And so So at Media has done a really great job of curating a daily newsletter that helps folks, particularly, you know, folks that maybe don't necessarily want to scroll through their newsfeed for hours reading every news story. Um, pull together key things um, that are either coming up or from the day before that have happened across the country. Um, I actually love getting it to my inbox every single day to actually see some content that I maybe wasn't aware of that is happening in other places in the country um, and also just consume it in an accessible way, Mm -hmm. like I said, so I don't have to scroll through Twitter all morning because I will for the (laughs) entire morning. (laughs) Um, So I think this is a great leeway into our announcement or whatever you want to call it. Um, So So at Media and FemWalk have decided to partner leading up to the federal election to ensure that the So What audience has access to gender-specific information as we lead up to the federal election. Um, So whether that's, you know, talking about some key policies that folks might be interested in, or even looking at some of the key conversations we're having across the country from more of a gendered perspective. Um, One of the things that's so important when we think about gender equality in Canada is at our highest levels in our parliaments and even, again, in our in our legislatures, we don't have equal representation. We don't have 50% men and 50% women, let alone broader gender diversity and and just broader diversity. So um, from FEMLUNC's perspective, that's something that we're really going to be focusing on leading up to the election is, is really driving that narrative that we need to get more women elected and that, again, we should be talking about gender more broadly than we talk about um, our our political dialogues mm-hmm. um, and yeah so I think that I think it's exciting so this will take the form in a gender specific um, piece of content integrated into the so what newsletter every second Monday um, yeah so so Phaedra maybe you could talk about what uh, what you're hoping to get into this partnership as well I think it really all just comes down to the concept of accessible politics um, you know a lot of these things that I was talking about before in terms of why I uh, started so what you know the jargon the making assumptions about people knowing context and stuff um, it just puts up barriers that don't need to be there um, but then going a step further you know adding a gendered lens to um, what's going on in politics I just think it all is important especially in this day and age I think again going back to making an informed decision it's important to understand a multitude of viewpoints 
um, beyond just your own personal um, experiences and you know the own your own kind of like echo chamber of news um, that you consume and that sort of thing and so I think it all just you know will both work towards making politics in Canada more accessible in particular just providing this diversity of you know perspectives and lenses with which to view the Canadian experience mm-hmm. yeah so I think what I'm so excited about is I'll I'll be trying over the next few months to answer the question of so what when we think about gender equality and politics in Canada. So I think that's so exciting. So exciting. You can follow the FebLog So What Media Partnership by signing up for the So What Media newsletter at sowhatmedia.ca. You can also follow them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. As always, don't forget to subscribe to FebLog and leave us a review You can also check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Femwonk.